if you're dealing with a crisis, right? How important is it to have a pre-established plan in place? And, and can you give our listeners an idea of what that plan should potentially look like? Um, and sometimes company owners just react and say something. And, you know, in a situation like that, hang up the phone. You don't have to respond. Just hang up, call a PR person, get help. We'll write a statement. We'll reach back out to that journalist. Um, it's very rarely can you actually think straight when you've got that kind of anxiety. Um, but if you already have a written plan in place, you know what to do when something like that happens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Business Savvy, our educational podcast for field service and home service business owners. I am your host, Nick Worker. Now, there are many different ways to get the word out about your business. Uh, one of them, of course, is marketing, which we've discussed in a few different episodes already on this podcast. So today we're going to be shifting focus a bit and diving into the world of public relations. And we're lucky enough to be joined for this conversation by the founder and CEO of one of the nation's top PR agencies, Heather Ripley of Ripley PR is here with me today. Thank you for coming on the show, Heather. Thank you so much for having me. So we're going to be discussing public relations a lot on today's show. So, so we should probably uh, begin by letting our office, our, our office, our audience know exactly what PR is. Uh, can you tell us uh, kind of what public relations typically involves and, and some of the ways that it differs from, from typical marketing? Yeah, so the easiest way to explain it is if you consider all of the tactics that fall underneath marketing or advertising, you've got a lot of different things you could be doing. PR falls under that. Um, but the way that I easily differentiate it is anything marketing or advertising where you're paying for a message to be um, distributed, however, trucks, billboards, TV commercials, any of that. I consider that paid media. PR on the other hand is earned media. So um, you are telling your story to a journalist who's then telling your story to their audience. So that's more earned. Um, the, the great thing about it is it's more believable to the consumer. Um, it's more credible. But the challenge with it is unlike marketing or advertising where you can control 100% of the content, you lose a little bit of that with, with PR because you've got a journalist then telling the story and they may not tell it in exactly the way that you would tell it. Yeah, there, there's also the risk, right? That if like you're trying to pull a fast one that the journalist kind of uh, outs you. So I don't know if you're- uh, <laughs> That's possible. Up, right? We're talking about uh, home service businesses and you're typically, I don't know, cutting corners quite literally and, and, uh, and figuratively, well, then they might just nab you in, in whatever piece they put out about you. Um, so it's, it's possible. Yeah. So I, I feel like PR is one of those things that's for companies that really do things the right way because it's easier to earn media when you're doing things the right way. Um, but my background is mostly in marketing. Um, I have not done much else with my life other than marketing and sleeping. Um, so that's why you're here. So I want to talk about this book. Um, it's your book earlier this year, you released this book. It's called next level. Now PR secrets to drive explosive growth for your home service business. 
Um, can you tell us a little bit more about it? What inspired you to write it? Um, and what people can expect to learn when they read it? Sure. Yeah. So um, my my background is heavy in marketing as well. I've worked in a lot of different companies doing a lot of different types of marketing, um, copywriting, direct mail pieces, stuff like that. And I, I sort of stumbled into our earlier in my career, probably um, 2006, seven, I started doing PR for uh, a company that I worked for um, that was doing a lot of acquisitions at the time. And they I was in the marketing department, but they needed a strong writer who could write press releases. So um, I sort of stumbled into it and fell in love with it. Um, I was also a freelance journalist for a couple of years on the weekends. I would go out and cover events and, and I, I loved that. And um, in 2008, I got a job for a large home service franchisor in Florida. And um, I was responsible for helping that company sell franchises, basically generate leads. And I realized quickly that the best way to generate those leads was through PR or earned media. Um, and so long story short, in 2009, I got that company on the Celebrity Apprentice and all three of our brands were featured. Um, it, and our brands were One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing and Mr. Sparky. And so, um, that was kind of the end of my non-agency career. I went over to the agency side of things after that, um, but I missed working with home service companies and, and skilled trades. And I just realized that we were the only PR agency in this space. We really know it, we're passionate about it. And I felt like there are a lot of companies out there that can benefit from PR that just don't get it. It's um, it's kind of the wild west for marketing um, and these companies, these service companies really understand the importance of marketing and making the phone ring, but the PR is just kind of foreign to them and they only think about it when there's a crisis situation. So I wanted to help more businesses and I figured that writing a book and sharing some of those tips would help not only educate more people on the power of PR, but help them grow their business. And then ultimately, um, if they get to the right size, they can call us and we can help them. But there's a lot of do-it-yourself tips in there for them. You see, it's so funny to think of PR as like an ongoing strategy because I think a lot of, I don't know, the narrative about PR is, is kind of emergency-based, right? Like, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, uh, especially in today's, whether you agree with it or not, like cancel culture, it's like, oh, if you do something wrong, you better call like a publicist and have them spin it or, uh, or get like a fixer. Um, but nobody thinks of it as, you know, just getting your story out there, or not even really a story, just getting your brand out there and recognized in like the local uh, media. And uh, it's funny, I started the same way. Uh, I started here. They just wanted somebody who was good enough to write blog posts. And uh, I used to edit all my friends' college essays and, and graduate essays and theses or theses. I don't know what the plural of writing a thesis is. I'm sure it's theses. I was right. Um, so I was like, okay, sure. I can write. Like, it's fine. And I, I know where to put a comma and, and, and how to formulate a sentence. Um, and so the first time that I went to hire somebody from my department, which was the marketing department, 
I knew I wanted a good writer. So I get these resumes in and the first person who applies is a journalist major, just graduated uh, journalism from the local university. I'm looking at his resume. I'm like, this guy's definitely a good writer. And that's all I care about. So he got hired on the spot and, uh, and the rest is history. Now he's uh, closely watching me, making sure that I don't say anything out of turn. He's sort of like, he, he is my PR guy, actually. Uh, one of the things that you cover in your book uh, as to why public relations is a strategy, not just for uh, larger businesses, um, and that it can be like a really a useful tool for smaller businesses. So, so why do you think that smaller businesses should make PR a priority? Yeah, because every business, no matter what size, is going to have a crisis at some point, especially a service business. And the great thing about PR is you can, you don't have to be doing PR all year long. You can do a campaign um, around a certain event or um, piggyback on something that's going on in the news, uh, like National Electrical Safety Month. You could offer some tips homeowners to, um, you know, prevent house fires and, and present yourself as an expert in that regard. Um, and that doesn't have to be an ongoing thing. You could do that quarterly, but what it does is it, it introduces you to your local journalists so they know you. And then when, when you do have a crisis situation, they're less likely to make it a big deal because they already know you, they trust you. Um, and a lot of times that's what makes a crisis situation go away are those personal relationships that you have with the media. It's, it's more difficult to try to, you know, once that happens, try to cover it up, if you will, rather than just have that ongoing positive coverage out there, which does help bury things on Google. Um, so small businesses can definitely benefit from that. I say do PR from day one. When you open your doors for business, do a press release about it. Um, if you add a service, do a press release about it. And, and just, you know, be a, be a credible source to the journalists in your market. So for someone like me who knows nothing about doing PR, um, like I, I know what a press release is, but how would somebody go about I want to give like really like beginner advice here. How would somebody go about writing a press release and subsequently uh, like getting it out there into the, into the local media, finding a journalist? How, how would you go about doing that? Yeah. So um, there are tips for writing press releases. Um, it's not a marketing piece. You, you should write it in a journalistic style. Um, sometimes we found that, that marketers want to push a marketing message too much and, and while PR is marketing, you have to remember that journalists are not marketers. Their job is to tell a story that's going to benefit their readers. So if you can kind of put on more of a PSA hat and think about the press release in terms of how does it benefit the reader, not how does it benefit you, um, that'll help you write in the right tone. But there's all kinds of um, tips online for how to write a press release, how to style it, um, and you know you can you can learn yourself how to do those things, um, or you can call a professional and have them do it for you, depending on how much time you have on your hands. 
But as far as reaching out to the local media, um, you know what newspapers are in your market. You can go to their website. Um, you know, you can look and see, is your story a business story? Are you moving locations? Are you acquiring another business? Or is it more of a um, kind of a tips for homeowners kind of release? And then something like that might be a features writer. So you'd want to look and see who the right person is and their email address is probably on the website. That's, that's kind of dumbing it down a lot, um, what we do, but that's very basic and just about anybody can do that much PR on their own. I'm actually curious too. So what are some of the topics that, especially home services, right? I'm going to try and stay focused and not be selfish and just ask you questions that I want to know the answer to. Um, so what are some of the topics that are like, press release worthy that home service uh, business owners can write about and then really kind of aspire to get put out there? There are a lot. Um, you know, if you think about confusing tax credits, um, confusing regulations, changes, um, a few years ago when, when, um, Freon was kind of being phased out, and I think it was R22, um, you know, switch over, and what does that mean for the homeowner? Any type of thing like that um, could be a press release. Um, it could be a national safety month, hurricane preparedness for, you know, for certain states, um, you know, how to take care of your water heater, you know, how often should you have it maintained? Um, Preparing your home for vacation is a, you know, it's a good topic and very few people actually think about reaching out to the media for that. But um, some water heaters have a vacation mode on it. You know, should you use that? Um, so what we do for our clients is we look for those opportunities. We're, we're constantly reaching out to the media and we're pitching um, walkthroughs. So we're saying that we have an expert who can walk through a home with you and show you all the things that you can do to take care of your home. Um, and it, some of the tips may not be services that your company offers, but just being that expert can go a long way. Um, even if you're talking about, you know, saving money on energy efficiency and you don't do anything with windows, but you mention it, you know, you could still be a valuable resource to the journalist. Uh, you mentioned Freon, and I have I bought a, an old Mazda Miata convertible, and it takes R22, and you're right. You're not allowed to use that anymore, and I have no air conditioning in this car. And on a hot day when I want to drive this car, I got no Freon, and it's blowing hot <laughs> air at me. So it would have been nice if I would have known that and not tried to spray uh, you know, 134A or whatever it is into my AC system only to have it leak out all over the place and cost me like a useless $30. Um, so see, I should read, I should read home service press releases. Uh, so I think, especially for small businesses, especially in like the early days of getting started, getting a mention in the press could be huge. Um, so, so when you do get that mention, how, how should, how should business owners make the most of that exposure and like, what, what should they do? like in terms of sharing that article or that or that news clip with the public so i have seen companies do that very well and i've seen companies do it in a kind of shady way um 
I, I recommend that you take that coverage, especially if it's TV or print, something that you can link to and push it out on your social media channels and try to do it in an informative way. I mean, there's a, there's a way where you can be too self-serving um, and that can come across um, in the wrong way sometimes, but share it on social because it does add to your credibility. Um, I know some companies have even gone the, um, the route of training their technicians. They did role-playing with technicians. So when the technician is in the home, they know that a story featured the owner the night before, and they might mention that to the homeowner in casual conversation, because that, again, adds credibility that that company was featured on the local news. Um, there are some companies that have seen business owners that, um, that we worked with and that we got them on several TV stations in their local market. And they've created a graphic saying featured on Fox and CBS and all these things. And that's fine if you actually were. But then I saw that graphic being used by multiple business owners and they just took it and maybe they bought advertising on those channels, but it's not really the same thing. So um, I would say just, you know, be cautious of how you project your image. Um, and just try to view it as, you know, you are serving your homeowners, you're serving your community by sharing educational content for them. And they'll in turn see you as that expert and want to buy from you versus just using it as a promotional marketing message. So don't be disingenuous, but I have a, okay, so I have a serious question. So I have purchased a press release before. Um, want on like a newswire uh which mm -hmm. is just one of those generic i'm sure you know what newswire is but for anybody mm -hmm. who doesn't know it's um they kind of take your press release and they they syndicate it across all of i don't know whatever media that they're connected with so technically i have been featured on yahoo finance or something like that but wouldn't it be disingenuous if i put like on my website featured on yahoo finance because I kind of wasn't. No, now where I'm going with it is if your friend was and you weren't and you just liked the image and used that graphic, that's that's kind of okay. what I'm seeing out there a lot. Um, no, but actually we're, we're fans of Newswire um, because it helps with SEO, all those backlinks. There's a difference though, because there's a lot of digital agencies out there that sell PR and that's all they're selling. They write a release and they put it on there that doesn't really benefit the company enough so we use PR Newswire um, it's good for those backlinks and credibility but then our team is manually reaching out to the local media with them as well and I think those two have to go hand in hand so we talked about this before right so if you're around long enough chances are uh, you're going to experience some type of crisis. And I think this is one of the things that actually holds people back. Um, I know uh, I've mentioned this before, and, and it sounds kind of like a, I don't know, like a faux pas but to talk about like cancel culture, but people are seriously afraid of getting canceled. Um, I don't know like what 
kind of thoughts you got going in your in your head that you're scared somebody's going to like try and come after you but but it's it's one of those things i think that's a mental block for people getting in, involved in in media they don't want to be the the guy out there they're they're like i'm comfortable i'm doing what i'm doing i'm fine i don't need all of that attention um but if you're dealing with a crisis right how important is it to have a pre-established plan in place and and can you give our listeners an idea of what that plan should potentially look like yes and it's interesting that you started off that way because i had that conversation about not to cancel culture conversation but about you know we're good we don't want people talking about us online i had that conversation back in 2000 nine, I think, about social media. I actually had a business owner say, I don't want to be on social media because we don't want people talking about us. Oh, that's a good idea. I tried to explain that they're going to talk about you, whether you're there or not, but with you there, you can kind of control your message a little bit more. So it's, it's the same thing with PR um, in a crisis situation. And I have seen everything from, um, and I'm just talking home service, everything from a dirty handprint on a wall being shared, you know, a picture shared thousands of times mm -hmm. um, to gas leaks, um, to traffic accidents, DUIs, um, and even a murder. Um, there are very few times that the company itself is actually to blame. Hmm. Um, in all of those circumstances, it was an employee who made a bad decision that then um, brings the company name into the, to the story. Um, so all that said, a company should be prepared for it. And we go through a process with our clients where we identify things that could happen from everything from an employee mistake to, um, you know, a data breach or, um, you know, your office building could burn down. You know, how do you keep your people employed? Um, everything that you can think of that could reach the media and then they require a statement. So we work with our clients to teach them don't react. Um, we kind of give them scripts where if a media calls you, and this usually happens, they'll call you and say, hey, we just heard this happen. What do you have to say about it? And it's something that you didn't even know happened yet. You hadn't even heard. This is the first you heard about it. Um, and sometimes company owners just react and say something. And, you know, in a situation like that, hang up the phone. You don't have to respond. Just hang up, call the PR person, get help. We'll write a statement. We'll reach back out to that journalist. Um, it's very rarely can you actually think straight when you've got that kind of anxiety. Um, but if you already have a written plan in place, you know what to do when something like that happens. But nine times out of 10, or I would say even 99 times out of 100, it's very rarely the company's fault. It's usually an employee mistake. So um, those things usually can go away if you handle it the right way. We will be right back with the show after this short message. 
My name is Joe Fisher. I'm the owner of Victorian Fence, located in Long Island, New York. I've been a ring-savvy customer for five years. They're very professional. They know exactly what to say. And when customers call, they have no idea that it's a separate answering service. With a product like Fence, if they don't get a live person, they're just going to call the next Fence company. With Ring Savvy, I never miss a potential new customer. Ring Savvy is an extension of our business. I like to answer my phone, but during those real busy times of year, I can let it ring on my cell phone one time. And if I'm not able to get it, it will be forwarded to Ring Savvy or a professional sounding person will answer and take my phone call. Ring Savvy really helped me to be present whether I'm at work or at home. My kids are young, so when I'm home, I don't want to be on the telephone and trying to resolve issues. Ring Savvy's definitely given me a better quality of life. What are some of the signs uh, in your expertise that a home service business might be in need of professional PR assistance? Like how, how will they know when it's time for them to start reaching out to an agency? I think most of the time when a company knows they need help, they usually call us and say, you know, we do a lot in our community. We donate X dollars every single month. We've never told anybody about that. And we keep being told that we should tell people. And they say, um, you know, we don't want to do this for us, but we've heard that we can help other people by doing this. So how do we go about this? You know, we need help. And so I, I do share, and I, I talk about this in the book, I do share that companies who give back should share what they're doing, not in a self-serving way, but they have to think about it in kind of different layers. Um, firstly, all the businesses I know are having trouble recruiting and people want to work for a company that gives back. So in one sense, that would help you recruit, getting your name out there as a company doing good in the community. So it helps with that. Um, it also helps the nonprofit organizations that you're helping because chances are they can't afford a PR agency. So a lot of times these companies are partnering with these amazing organizations that you would never have heard of without that PR. So you're helping that organization even more, even past your check that you gave them because now you're inspiring other people to learn about them, volunteer with them, donate and all of that. But you're also inspiring other businesses who have the means to give back, to give back. So. There's a lot of ways you can look at it, but I think most of the time when people reach out to us and say, I need PR, it's that. There's, they say, we're doing a lot of these great things, but we've never shared them with anybody. You just blew my mind. And uh, so when, when I, I always say, when I go into the great indoors, um, but like the whole year I had to work from home, right? Um, you know, everything's going good. I'm just marketing. I'm just putting stuff out there. And, and my shtick is that I outsource anyway. So it was hard for people to do recruiting and, and find good help, especially working from home. So, uh, you know, I, I don't really have the hardest sell in the world when we're talking about going inside for an extended period of time. Um, but we hadn't done any, any, any PR. And one day I'm talking to, uh, you know, I got a phone call with the president of the company and he's telling me, 
oh yeah like you know what have you been doing i'm out here i'm sending catered food to the hospital every day i think he was just yelling at me because i said something like oh you know like I, I don't even know i got a big mouth and he was like i'm sending catered food down to stony brook hospital and st Catharines all the time i send it like once a day and he did something else where he gave uh all of our customers like free service for months at a time he's like we took a huge loss blah 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 i was like you should have told me that because we could put that out there and it wasn't too late i think we did it anyway but you know you think of it in in the selfish terms like oh, i don't really you know if i do a good deed and i tell people about it is it still a good deed um well i like your argument is that it inspires other people to help you know with those problems uh, other people i mean other businesses so if we say, hey, Ring Savvy was donating all this food to, well, maybe somebody else will donate more food and, and, and they'll be able to like take some home because I'm sure they're not cooking. They're pretty busy. Um, and, uh, and I know we do like toy drives for underprivileged kids on Long Island. I'm in Long Island and we do food drives and, and Thanksgiving donations and stuff. And you're right. Putting it out there would just inspire more people to get involved. How can I get involved with this thing? Well, I got this great organization. They do that. I love that argument because I'm always one of those people who's like, no, you got to do the good thing and don't tell anybody about it. But it's kind of not the case when it comes to businesses. If you want more people to contribute. Huh. So you just you've converted me. I don't think that way anymore. <laughs> good. Um, I, I actually I want to ask you about this because I, I talk about this so frequently. Um, and the topic is online reviews. Do you have any tips for home service companies when it comes to managing online reviews and especially uh, in the lens of like crises, like if you get a bad review? I've seen, again, I've seen companies do it really well. Um, I've seen companies who don't really care. Um, we help our clients with reviews management. So, um, we have some best practices in place. We respond to all reviews, not just the bad ones. But if, if you know, we get calls all the time by upset home service business owners who are just pissed off because they got a bad review and they're like, this person's lying and this didn't even happen and they're exaggerating. So what we tell them is don't look at it like you're responding to that person just kind of forget it. You can't win them over. Respond to all the people who are reading that review and may know that that person's full of crap, but respond in a way that looks like you're trying to help them and do your best to try to take that conversation offline. And you know, just picture it as you're responding to the other people, the rational people out there because you're gonna have those one or two people who are just always unhappy and wanna gripe about everything. And you can't, you can't ever make them happy. But if you write that review response to all the other people, um, that, that tends to work well. Sometimes they feel bad and take it down. Um, we have had, you know, of course, clients who we put the owner's cell phone number on there. We say, call me directly. I wanna take care of this. And, they'll take care of it. And then that person will remove the review. That happens too. Um, but respond to all of them, you know, thank them by name, use their name, um, thank them for sharing their experience and just take what you can from it. Um, there are companies again, who do it right. There's companies who um, 
role play with the technicians because technicians don't like asking for those reviews. But a lot of times, you know, they're the best people. They're in your home. You're kind of building that relationship with them. And, you know, if they say, hey, man, if you help me out a little bit and give me a positive review online, it'll go a long way with my boss. So, you know, people, people will do that. So there are things that you can do to get those positive reviews up, but respond to all of them. I like that because by nature and my friends and my wife especially will tell you this, I am argumentative and I'm very protective of the organization I work for. I've been here a long time. I helped build this place. And uh, when people disparage it, especially incorrectly, I can take it personally. And so I feel like I need to respond and I'm keeping this in the eye for anybody who, who relates to this is I feel like I need to respond to that person and tell them how wrong they are. Tell them off. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I want to, I want to like get them back. You know, I want to go review them back. Um, but you're right. It's, it's such an opportunity to address the people who are reading the review. Not that I'm never going to, well, I have, I've taken it offline in the past and I've won some people over especially when it's not directly my fault and I call them and I'm the third party and I say, Hey, I'm really sorry. I'm going to make this right for you. Um, so that's a tactic that I like to tell people to use. Um, mm -hmm. Cause if you're the person that messed it up, they don't want to hear from you. <laughs> but uh, especially if it's untrue, right? I love this tactic is what you're saying is address the people reading the review. You don't have to cover it up and say like, Oh, this person's a liar. LOL. Call me anyway. Um, <laughs> But there's like a professional way to write about the incident and address the other people reading the review, not the reviewer. I like that tactic a lot. I'm going to have to steal. Well, I'm going to have to go back, honestly, and read some of my reviews and edit my response to them after hearing that. <laughs> um, so if our followers or, you know, myself, because I clearly am learning a lot during this, um, are interested in learning more about you, uh, your PR agency or they're interested in checking out your book where should they or we or i go yes thank you um ripleypr.com is the easiest way you can either fill out a form or call us from the website um my email is h ripley at ripleypr.com so that's easy um and the buy the book you can buy it on amazon um yeah, I, I definitely recommend all size businesses check it out, even, even if you're big and have an agency already, you know, read it and make sure that they're doing some of the things that I talk about. Um, and we didn't touch on this, but I talk in the book about performing a SWOT analysis and, and looking at your strengths and weaknesses, and I recommend that all companies do that. Um, once a year is good for that too. So um, yeah, hopefully they'll get some good tips. I love to read uh, the guests' books on this show. So, but I am an e-reader, so I am going to get it on Amazon. And like the e-version, I got a Kindle because I'm a boomer. Um, my wife says I'm old. Uh, so with that all being said, I, Heather, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, I want to I thank all of our listeners. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and we'll be back with another episode of Business Savvy soon. Be sure to check out previous episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and the Ring Savvy YouTube channel. We will see you next time, everyone.